With that in mind, turn to two books, Galatians, the book of Galatians, and John 17, Galatians 5 and John 17. As you know, we began a few weeks ago a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to, of course, continue that. There's nine different aspects, if you will, of the fruit of the Spirit that we're, we're going to be discussing I want to just read them to you again and kind of bring you back into the loop. Uh, and then we'll get into John 16 and 17 in a moment. But let's, let's look at the Word of God, uh, Galatians 5. And, and, and let me just say, the Galatians, Paul was correcting this church. They'd gotten away from the things of the Spirit and back to the legalism of the law. And he's bringing them back to true liberty uh, and the fruit of the Spirit and the understanding of the work of the Spirit in their life. Uh, and verse 16, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh and they're contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And see, they, they were getting back under the law. And he's saying, you got to get back under the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries. And then he says, and the like, because there's a, how many of you could keep adding to that list? Uh, he just goes on and on. Uh, then he goes on to say this. Um, oh, uh, he said, and the like, uh, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But now here we get to the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everyone say love. Love. Everyone say joy. Everyone say peace. Everyone say long-suffering. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then he says, against such there is no law. So he's, he's lifting the lid in the minds of this church to get them to the things of the Spirit and, and tell them things that would bring great liberty in their life. And so, uh, so the fruit of the Spirit are so important in our life. Now, two things about the fruit of the Spirit that you and I need to understand in this list. Number one, fruit is the produce of a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life of a believer, okay? That's just what happens happens when you yield yourself to the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, in fact, Galatians talks about walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, and praying in the Spirit, on and on and on. And so we need to understand that. It's the produce of a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led believer. And number two, understand this. It's not plural. When you look at this list, it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. Now, what I want you to see is this. Even though we're looking at them individually, they are not individually or, or uh, they are not individual in nature and character. They belong to a great cluster, if you will, called the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, when you begin to live the Spirit-led, Spirit-filled uh, life and begin to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, 
you will begin to manifest, come on, somebody say amen. You will begin to manifest the multifaceted character of Christ that we call the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, you can't pick and choose. In fact, someone who says, well, I'm pretty good at love, but that uh, that forbearance or patience thing's not really, you, you know, you can't pick and choose which fruit of the Spirit that you're going to grow in. But at the same time, we have a responsibility to live a life that would give the fruit of the Spirit its greatest opportunity to be made manifest in our life. Are you with me? Say amen. And so that's kind of the foundation. Now, last week, we talked about love. Love is. And if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to get on the line, go to the website. In fact, I think if you go to our, our Facebook page, there will be a, a, a the copy of Facebook Live there that you can actually watch. And we're still working on our Facebook Live presentation. It's getting better and better. I appreciate our guys working so hard to make it happen. In fact, let me just, I'm not sure how this works, but on Sunday morning, if you want your friends and family to be invited to watch, they can do so. I think all you have to do is go to our Facebook page. And when they start to uh, broadcast, when we start to broadcast, I think you just hit share, I think. I'm not sure we'll work that out. But it's important to know that people from all over, uh, not just Texas, but all over the world. I preach and teach to my family and friends from years back. I have school friends that I went to high school with in 1974, who, my senior year, who watch, you know, not only this broadcast, but our Sunday morning breakfast with champions. And so it's a great tool that I would encourage you to get involved with to help us share the word of God. So, uh, so last week was the, was joy, uh, pardon me, love. And today is joy. We're going to talk about fullness of joy. And when we do, you just have to smile a little bit. I'm, I need you to help me today. Everybody smile. Look around and make sure everybody's happy in the Lord. (laughs) Just smile. You know, someone said it takes more muscles to frown than to smile. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll take that. I'll believe that. And so look in John chapter 17. And as you know, John 17 is where Jesus was praying for his disciples just prior to his departure, his death, burial, and resurrection. And he's praying for us and he's praying for future disciples. And and he makes this statement, and I think it's so profound in verse 13. He says, but now I come to you. He's talking, he's talking to God, his father. And I, and these things I speak in the world. Now catch this. These things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Did you catch that? These things, he said this, the things that I speak in the world to the world that hears the word of God, I do that, that they may have my joy. How many of you want the joy of the Lord? In fact, what does Nehemiah 8.10 say? It says, the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. It's not your joy. It's the joy that God gives. I'll take me some of that. Amen. And he says, I want it to be fulfilled in them. I want the joy of the Lord to be full. In fact, the word fulfilled means to make replete, well supplied, crammed to the fullest capacity. How many of you like that kind of idea? And as I said this morning, by way of Breakfast with Champions, a little live video broadcast, a lot of God's people don't look and appear to be full of joy. 
In fact, in this room today, some of you might need me to lay hands on you suddenly. In fact, God's people ought to be the happiest, most joyful, excited, blessed people on planet earth. And if that's, if that's where you'd like to be, say amen. And so today I want to talk to you about living a life full of joy. And you and I understand and know that joy has nothing to do with the external circumstances of our life. It has to do with what Christ, the joy of the Lord. How many of you know the joy of the Lord is not linked to whether your bank account is full or empty? The joy of the Lord is not linked to whether or not everything's going perfect at home. The joy of the Lord has nothing to do with the circumstances of our life. If you know that and you believe that and you're with me today, say, I'm with you, Pastor. And so with that understanding, I want to talk to you today about the fullness of joy. I want to, let me tell you, I'm not getting any younger. How many of you are not getting any younger? I'm not getting any younger. But you know what I want to get as I get older? I want to get happier. I want to get more joyful. I want to be more carefree in life and enjoy the things of the Lord. I'm telling you, last week we had family vacation. And I'm telling you, it's a lot of work to get all us together. But it was so worth it. Was it not so worth it? I'm telling you, I took my son-in-law Brent tubing. I, first I took my, well, I took on the grandkids who wanted to go tubing. And then Stacy, she's a brave one. She's my first, she's my firstborn. She's brave. And she got on that tube and I, I carefully, she's a mother, you see, you don't just, I carefully pulled her all around the lake and, and, and Ty was in the boat. He was worried about his mama. He was, he was fretting about her. And then, and then I, I kind of was thinking Brent might have been a little chicken. I don't know because he wasn't too, I said, Brent, you want to go? And he didn't say nothing in a little bit. He, so he pulls on. He said, all right, I'll go. And when he was getting in the water, I said, I'll show you no mercy. I jerked him all over the place and he bounced and Ty was so scared for his daddy. And finally Brent bailed out and Ty hollered this. He said, hit the brakes, pop, hit the brakes. He was so worried about it. And then now he bruised his rib. I bruised his rib, but it was fun. It was worth it, wasn't it, Brent? Amen. I love having fun. I love it. And, and I took my son, my oldest son, who's in Colorado today. I took him uh, bass fish. He caught more fish in t- a couple of three days than he had caught in a long, long time. And we just had so much. I just want, as I get older, I want to be more happy and joyous and full of life than ever before. All Everybody over 50 say amen. Okay, that was a lot of you this morning. And so we need fullness of joy. And I'm not sure I'm there yet, but today I just want to build this premise in your life. You don't have to get depressed. How many of you know being depressed is not of God? How many of you know? And we go through depressing things, right? We go through sad things. We go through heartaches. If there's anyone here has never been through a heartache, just lift your hand and I want you to lay hands on me. We've all had things, but listen, uh, and, and I've had heartbreaks in my life, but that should not undermine the joy of the Lord, which is a fruit of God's spirit in our life. Are you with me? Say a bigger amen. And so we want to talk about that. And here's what I want to lay a little foundation with you about. Number one, fullness of joy is our prophetic and eternal promise. It's a prophetic and eternal promise. Back in Isaiah, it says this. In fact, if you're taking notes, you could look at Isaiah 35.10 and Isaiah 51.11. They both say basically the same thing. I used to sing it as a kid. We used to sing the scriptures as, as young spirit-filled Christians. It says, therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. 
And come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. I'm loving this. And sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy. Uh, did you hear that? And everlasting joy shall be upon their head. I'm telling you, it's a prophetic promise for God's people. And I'm telling you, if you're not there now, when you see Jesus, you will have fullness of joy. Everybody smile and say amen. Now that, that understanding ought to lead us to a place even now. We could go home right now and say, you know, just the promise of eternal joy ought to give us joy in the future. What does it say about Jesus in, in Hebrews 12? It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, he had a, he had joy in, knowing of future joy. And that ought to help us even right there. So it's a prophetic promise from God that we're going to live a life. And let me fix my microphone. I didn't do it real good a while ago. And so I bet this looks good on TV or wherever, computer. Here we go. I think I did it. I want to, I want to talk to you about living a lifestyle, living in an atmosphere where fullness of joy. You see, it is a fruit, but it must be not only maintained, but it must be, it must be tended to. How many of you know to grow spiritually, you got to tend to some things and you got to get them at a, get yourself at a place at where things can grow effectively in your life. So where do we find fullness of joy? Well, we find fullness of joy uh, by way of, here we go, number one, spending quality time at the cross. Everyone say at the cross. Oh, I could sing another hymn. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, where the burden of my heart rolled away, rolled away, and there by faith I received my sight, and now I am. I didn't even realize that was in there, but it certainly fits because, hey, what does it say that the prophetic, therefore the who of the Lord shall return? The redeemed of the Lord, all the redeemed of the Lord say amen. And where were you redeemed? You were redeemed at the cross. And if you want the, and, and what's the prophetic promise? The redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy will be upon their heads. And so, hey, if you want to, if you want to uh, allow fullness of joy, it's greater manifestation and even potentially greatest manifestation in your life than ever before. And let me just stop and say, let me just say this today. If you listen to me this morning, if you listen to me by way of Facebook this morning, understand something and just take in the word of God, you'll be more joyful. You'll be happier. You'll smile. You won't be depressing. You won't be depressed. Depress, you won't depress other people. How many of you know depressed people depress people? People who aren't happy make other people want to go, uh, I, God bless you, we'll see you later. Uh, but I'm telling you, if you'll listen up today, it'll put a smile, it'll put joy unspeakable, the Bible says, and full of glory. And listen, if we just spend a little time at the cross and thank God and realize what Christ has done for us on Calvary's cross, we've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, Peter said in chapter 1. 
1 of 1 Peter, not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with the precious blood of Christ. Come on now. That ought to make you happy today. You see, you were on your way to a devil's hell. You were in, you, you were headed to hell in a hurry. You were a hopeless sinner, uh, and, and you were separated from God, but Jesus Christ came and he lived and he died. He lived a sinless life and he died on Calvary's cross and he shed his blood for the whole world and he redeemed us and paid us and he got us out of that hole. Somebody say amen. Now I'm telling you, when you just spend a little time there, it'll put joy in your heart. Amen. Whoo. I didn't know I was going to get so fired up right there. I love, I love what Isaiah said, Isaiah 12. Verse one through three, really, uh, I'll just hit the, the highlight. It says, therefore, with joy, you shall draw water from where? The wells of what? Salvation. In other words, the fact that you're born again, the benefit, uh, when you draw it with joy, you're drawing on that salvation. Salvation brings joy, amen? And so if you want to find yourself in fullness of joy, you do so by way of spending quality time at the cross. And just keeping the cross in present tense in your life to realize, man, because of the cross, I've been saved, I've been healed, I've been delivered, I've been redeemed. I could sing another song right there, but I'll, I'll spare you this morning. Uh, you can only take so much of that glory, can't you? Amen. I'll spread it around. <laughs> And keep some for a later date. But hey, man, I'm telling you, when you get to the cross, you ought to spend some great time there. It'll give you joy. Number two, equally as important, spend quality time at the empty tomb. Because he just didn't die for you. He rose again. Amen. And you remember in John 16, you don't, you could go there. We're close. In fact, just take a ride. You could go to John 16. You remember the disciples were getting nervous because Jesus said he was going to die. But then, and they, and that, and in fact, look what he says. They were really concerned about him leaving them. But he says this in John 16, 22. Therefore, you, you now have sorrow. In other words, they knew he was going to die. You now have sorrow. Are you with me? Say amen. But I will see you again. And your heart will what? And your joy no one will take from you. Now, this is huge because he's talking about rising from the dead on the third day. And look what he says about the power of that understanding and the resurrected life. He said, right now you're sad. I understand that. But I'm coming back. I'll, I'll see you again. You can't be, your sorrow is temporary. How many of you know the Bible says uh, that sorrow and mourning, what did it say? Well, flee away. He said, when you see me again, it, it, your sorrow and mourning will flee away. And, and he said, guess what? And nobody can take your joy from you. You know, I've heard messages, I've probably preached messages on the joy thieves or things that rob you of your joy. But let me tell you something. Could I tell you something today? Could I tell you something about the resurrected life? If you, if you spend some time not only at the cross, but at the empty tomb and you realize he rose from the dead so you could have newness of life, that you're not going to go to hell, but you've got a new life in Christ. You're born again and, and you're on your way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. Uh, and you just realize, man, I belong to him and and he is mine and I'm on my way to heaven one day that ought to just make you happy 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 and guess what no de demon devil in hell no thief can rob you of that kind of joy amen I got one person happy about that 
So you spend a little time, pardon me, not a little time, you, we, we must, if we're going to have fullness of joy, we've got to spend quality time at the cross, quality time at the empty tomb. Uh, and, and gosh, there's so much more I could say. Uh, I'm, I'll hesitate. Let me just give you this scripture. You look it up later. First Peter chapter 1, 3 through 9. First Peter 1, 3 through 9. Here's the context. Peter's talking about the glorious resurrection of Christ. And man, he's, he's pouring it on thick about the resurrection. And he says, when you get understanding of that and have a revelation of that and you believe that, you'll, you'll be, uh, uh, have joy inexpressible and full of glory. I could sing another song right there. I'm telling you. And so what he's saying is when you embrace the power of the resurrected Christ in your life, you're going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so it's spending quality time, not only at the cross, but at the empty tomb. And number three, if you want to have fullness of joy, you do so by way of spending quality time at the place of prayer. Prayer brings joy. In fact, in this same context in John 16, look what he says after he says, uh, you, no one will, your sorrow will be turned into joy and no one will be able to take it from you. Uh, he says this uh, in verse 24, verse 23, and in that day, you will ask me nothing, but most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name, ask. Okay, he's talking about prayer. And you will receive that what? Your joy may be full. Fullness of joy. Amen. It's found at the place of prayer. When you pray, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. That your joy might be cram-packed full. Everybody said amen. Fullness of joy is found by way of spending quality time at the cross, quality time at the empty tomb, quality time at the place of prayer, and of course, as we've already learned, spending quality time in His Word, in God's Word. His Word brings joy. That's what it, he said in John 17 that we read earlier as an introductory to this verse. These things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. First John 1, 4 says, and these things we write to you that your joy might be what? Full. God's word brings fullness of joy. And, and people, let me just tell you, I can guarantee you something. I can dare. I can guarantee you about some people who have struggled with joy in their life. They struggle reading God's Word. They don't read God's Word. They're not abiding in God's Word. They're not abiding in prayer. Uh, because when you start praying and when you start spending time at the cross and that at the foot of the cross and in the at the empty tomb and you start reading God's Word, it will bring joy on the inside of you. It's a joy maker. And it's a joy uh, uh, increaser when you just read God's Word and realize it's a thus saith the Lord. I love what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said this in John 15, uh, pardon me, Jeremiah 15. He said, your word became flesh and I ate it. In other words, it was like food. And then he said, your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Listen, get yourself in the book. Begin to read the Bible. Hey, I love, I appreciate counselors. I appreciate people who can help us work through our junk. 
and our stuff. But listen, you can listen to all the counselors and let's go, uh, hey, go through every seminar you want. But until, listen, I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Until you get your nose in the book, until you begin to read God's word and let it begin to abide in you, you're going to keep struggling and struggling with things. But when you begin to read the word of God and it is life and, 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 bre- and, and breath to your soul, Jeremiah said, man, I ate it up like I ate supper last night. Yummy, yum, yum. And it brought joy on the inside of me. Who? Man, if I were you, I'd be out there going, that's good preaching right there, preaching. It's the word of God. It's quality time in God's word. And then number five, if we're going to have fullness of joy, we do so by way of, and this is of course the case, spending quality time in the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's what Jesus told the disciples. He said, he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to be with you always. And because it's a fruit of the Spirit, the more time you spend in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the more free the fruit of the Spirit is to grow in your life. Uh, Luke said this about the first century church and the disciples in Acts 13, 52. He said, and the disciples were filled with joy. There it is. Filled with joy in the Holy Ghost. You get full of, jo- of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be full of joy. What happened in Acts 2? They got full of the Holy Spirit, went out into the, into the highways and hedges, and everybody heard them speaking the glories of God and the praises of God in their own language. They had the joy of the Holy Spirit in their life. And if you're not full of joy, you're not full of the Holy Spirit. Hello, could I get a better amen? Paul said this to the Roman church. He said, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the what? Holy Spirit. Who? Somebody here is desperate for joy. I just, that's not in my notes. You're desperate for, for joy. There's a lot here I could say to you, but I want to tell you something. You get in the presence of the Holy Spirit, sorrow and mourning will flee away. Somebody say, flee away. I'm telling you today, this is the truth. People are looking for joy and happiness in all the wrong places. And today it's free if we'll just spend quality time at the foot of the cross, at the empty tomb, at the place of prayer in God's Word, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And number six, let me give you this one. In, the, in an atmosphere of faith, listen, I, faith spawns greater joy in our life. It brings us to a place of greater uh, a joy. Look what Paul said to the Romans in Romans 15, 13. He said this, now may the God of hope, that's a, that's a form of faith, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, in believing. Someone say in believing. In other words, God can feel you. Are you with me today? Say amen. God can feel you. The God of hope, the, my, the biblical hope is a confident expectation of good for your future. It's not a knock on wood kind of hope. I hope it turns out all right. That's just w- w- natural hope. God's hope is a confident expectation of good for your future. Now the God who has a confident expectation of your future can fill you with all hope and joy at the place where you believe in believing when you begin to trust him rely upon him and cling to him the God of hope begins to fill you with joy 
It's the atmosphere of faith. That's what, if we, if we went back to 1 Peter 1 8, where, where, part, where Peter was talking about the resurrection of Christ, he said this in verse 8 Though now you do not see him, yet believing. Everyone say, yet believing. See, that's what faith is all about. It's, it's, it's you see it before you see it. Yet, he said, now, even though you don't see him yet believing, you see it with your eyes of faith, you're able to do what? Rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Where does that happen? In the atmosphere of faith. Listen, doubt brings no joy. So what good does it do us to doubt God? In, in play, even though we don't see it, we got to believe it. When we believe it, it brings joy. Everybody say, I got the joy, joy, joy in my soul. Yeah, sad. That was sad. Here we go. Try, listen, listen. I got the joy, joy, joy in my soul. Let's sing it together. I got the joy, joy, joy in my soul. Amen. Amen. It's an atmosphere of faith. And let me just say this about joy. Some people have it way down in their soul. If you wonder, come out, come out wherever you are. When you have joy, listen, in fact, understand, joy is an inner understanding that is made manifest by an outer expression. Rejoicing is an outer expression of an inner understanding. Let me give you, a, let me give you an example here. If you realized that you had made a mistake balancing your checkbook and you had an extra $5,000 in your checkbook, see, he's already rejoicing, just the thought of it. Would you go, well, bless the Lord. I just found $5,000 I didn't know I had. No. You'd be going, well, glory. Whoo, you want to tell somebody. You'd post it on Facebook and one of them pretty flowery things. You'd tell the whole world. You'd grab your kids. Whoo, we're going to McDonald's tonight. Hallelujah, glory to God. You'd start expressing what you had discovered in your heart. And so, so when you have joy in your heart, it, it, it is made manifest by rejoicing, which is an outward manifestation of an inward understanding. Are you with me? Say amen. And so let's just go back to the cross. When you have a, when you have an understanding of the redemption of, of cross and it, and it lives on the inside of you, it will be made manifest with an outward expression. When you realize he rose from the dead so you could have newness of life, that inward understanding has an outward expression. Let me give you three today. In fact, there's a lot, but let me give you three biblical insights, three rejoicing uh, um, type thoughts that are outward expression of an inward understanding. Uh, number one, shout. Somebody say shout. Oh man, shout for joy. The Bible says in a lot of places, shout for joy. Psalm 32, 11 says, shout for joy. I've actually shouted for joy spontaneously before. I don't know if you have, but I have. I remember the first time I did it and, and I didn't realize I was going to do it. It just happened. Beverly and I, I don't even know if we were married at the time. C.L. Jackson, Pleasant Grove Missionary Baptist Church came to Beverly Hills Baptist Church and he preached the word of God and he got me so fired up, so excited with the word of God that I spontaneously jumped out of my seat while I was preaching and started shouting. And then I realized, OMG, 
Oh, no, that was before OMG was here. It was, what have I done? I mean, it was just a spontaneous expression that was birthed in me, a shout because of an inward understanding. Some of, hey, some of you need to let loose. I mean, you know, you, you can't hold it in. You got to let it loose. You just, and it's an outward shout to the Lord with joy. That's what I, uh, Psalm 32, 11 says, shout for joy, all you people. And then sing. There's all throughout scripture, sing for joy. It's an outer expression of an inward understanding. Some of you have been singing the somebody done me wrong song. You need to begin to realize what he's done for you and who he is to you and who you are to him and begin to sing the song of the Lord and, and, and release the joy of the Lord. It's an atmosphere of, of rejoicing. And even in Proverbs 15, it talks about speaking for the joy of the Lord. And so if you got the joy, joy, joy in your soul, it will naturally begin to be made manifest externally. It might even begin with a smile. For some of you, that's a challenge. Amen. And then finally today, we find fullness of joy by way of spending quality time on our knees. Quality time. Now, I'm not talking about prayer. I'm talking about posture. Because Isaiah 29, 19 says this. You catch it. The humble shall increase their joy in the Lord. When we humble ourselves before Him, we get where we're supposed to be. And our understanding of who he is and who we are. I've said this before. It's just my little insight. Humility is the understanding of who you are in the light of who he is. For he is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now today, realize something. Let me give you this last thought. Here we go. Biblical joy. Though biblical joy is indeed a fruit, its fullness, there it is, depends upon how much time we spend developing it. Somebody here is desperate for it. It doesn't just happen, though it is a fruit. It doesn't just spring up. The seed of joy is in our heart, but we've got to we've got to water it. We got to we've got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and spend some quality time at the foot of the cross, at the empty tomb. 
I've actually been there. I believe it's the actual tomb of Jesus. It's, I can't prove it, but I've been there a couple of three times. When I slip inside there, he's not there. I promise you, he's risen from the dead. But you don't have to go there to go there. Spend time in prayer in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Spend time in his word. And the joy of the Lord begins to be made manifest in the presence of faith. Let's stand together. I want to pray for you today. I wish joy was just something I could impart to you as a gift. But it's not a gift as much as it is a fruit. And even though it is a fruit, we must develop a lifestyle that allows it to grow in us where we can be full of joy. Listen, one of the most evangelistic things you could ever do in the world is to be full of joy. Because this world is not. Father, today as we bow our heads before you and humble ourselves before you, We thank you, Lord, for the capacity to be full of joy. And we pray today that you would help us be able to readjust our world in the way we think and the way we live and move and have our being. In Jesus' name. And let joy begin to be made manifest in greater fullness in every heart and every life today. And Lord, for those that are either listening to me by way of Facebook Live or by way of recording or here in this sanctuary this morning, may the word of the Lord lead them down the pathway to fullness of joy. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And I want to end with something. It's not light, but it may be a little funny, but it'll get, I just want to say it because I'm up here and I can. Years ago, I watched a movie called Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom had to take care of the kids. Who was the actor? Anybody remember? Uh, yeah, Mike, Michael Keaton. And he was taking the kids to school. And, you know, there's a way to do that. And he went backwards into the school. And there was a mom, I think, there going, You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Now, that's what came in my head just now. And here's the illustration. Listen, some of you, in your efforts to be happy and joyful in life, you're just doing it wrong. You're looking to the natural things, this, that. And just put me in your head when you try to do that. You're doing it wrong. Amen. But I believe today I've given us a way by way of the Word of God to see God's people began to 
embrace fullness of joy. Now let's lift up our hands and say, we receive it today in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive your word today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.